take a swig. <clears throat> December 29, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe in the gospel. It's only way to heaven. Salvation of sin is only through the blood of the lamb. I want to start today with Proverbs chapter 29, verse 12. If a ruler hearken to lies, all his servants are wicked. In America, we are the rulers. We are the sovereign authority because when America declared independence, our founders, because they love Jesus, had the wisdom to say they're going to treat people the way that they want to be treated, which is to recognize the authority that Christ gave all men, the accountability that we all have for our rights, that because God is good and God gives good gifts, those rights are our power of free action. And so if God gives you rights, which is power, you are duty-bound to him to use your power, your rights, to glorify him. The Bible talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whether we eat or whether we drink, let's do all things to Christ's glory. Whether in word or deed, do everything to the lordship and the glory of Jesus Christ. So in Proverbs 29, verse 12, the proverb, if a ruler hearken to lies, all his servants are wicked. Rulers have servants. Rulers have the implicit challenge of listening to all sorts of voices. And so they have to have a discerning heart for do they listen to things that are true or do they listen to things that are false? Lord willing, I will be covering immigration. This is part one in what I anticipate to be a multiple course, multiple part um, stream series. I don't know how long it will take, but I will do it, uh, Lord willing, by his grace on immigration. But the key that I want to focus in on is if the heart, if the ruler hearken to lies, all of his servants are wicked. We have wicked servants in this nation because us as rulers, the people, are listening to lies. So I want to cover the basics. Before I do that, I'd like to direct your attention to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Not only is this the number one way to support what I do here, the content that I give away, the the entertainment, the enlightening, the illumination, the education, the equipping, the inspiring, whatever. But this is a great way to take the money that you're already spending and switch it over to an American manufacturing company. Hundreds of people have already done this with us, and that's been a blessing to me and my family, but it's also a blessing to you. Learn how to do direct product purchase right to your door that benefits you, benefits American manufacturing, and uses your dollars as bullets against globalists to, to you know, starve the beast of its, of its money, of its worship, of its idol. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. Um, I want to direct your attention to my mentor in the law, Dave Jose, and his kill shot notice. That is in the link uh, of the description below. The reason why that's important, we can, we'll talk about immigration here in a second. The reason why that kill shot notice is important is that it is the current front line 
of Americans using the fundamental law to correct their government and govern their government. And the essence, if I can be so short, is that attorneys have lied to people. Because they've lied to people, they've wrongly led and advised legislators, bureaucrats. And as a result of that, we have bad law. Now, Proverbs 29, verse 12, If a ruler hearken to lies, all of his servants are wicked. Jesus said in Luke eleven fifty two, Woe unto you lawyers, for you have hidden the key of knowledge. The truth in this, in our government, is that the Constitution is the law. You don't need to go any further than to figure out what the law is than exactly what the trusts, the trust indentures say. I would direct your attention to Dave Jose. Uh, his um, Twitter is real Dave cares for you. The number four and a U, like the letter, not the Y O U, uh, on Twitter and then on Telegram, it's just Dave cares for you. Um, he teaches it is written. He teaches the it is written method, the fundamental law, getting back to the state constitutions and the maxims of law, which is what I, uh, by God's grace, endeavor to do today. But I'll do it on the topic of immigration. The very first thing that I'd like to start out with is the notion that when Jesus was teaching the Sermon on the Mount, he started with, or he he included at the very beginning, not just the Beatitudes, but very soon thereafter, he said, uh, you know, he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And he said, every jot and tittle is important. Now, see, if Christ came to fulfill the law, including the jots and the tittles, which are just like dots in Hebrew. I don't know how to read Hebrew, but they're just little dots and accents, inflection points in the law or in the in the language. If Jesus was so focused on the jots and the tittles, the dots and the crossing the T's and dotting the I's, what do you think that he actually believed about the substance of the law? If he cared about the jots and the tittles... To distinguish letters and inflections, what do you think he cared about the actual words and the actual ideas? It is by that I want to cover today. I want to introduce today. But before I do that, I want to speak to uh, kind of prime the pump a little bit. This is going to be, Lord willing, a multiple uh, timed series of immigration. And it's going to be a scholarly review. Before I begin this review, I want to do a little bit of an indictment. Americans' bad education and lack of self-awareness, um, we don't have critical thinking. In fact, I think the word critical thinking is itself a construct. To suggest that there's a gradation or degrees of thinking is to get away from what the purpose of thinking actually is. As soon as you create categories of critical and not critical thinking, you've actually permitted yourself to have bad thinking. Because instead of thinking just being used to use your mental faculties to engage God's creation for his glory, which is what the Bible would say, Romans 12, 12 2, be not conformed to this world, but by the renewing of your mind, we're supposed to have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is not critical thinking or not critical thinking. The mind of Christ is the mind of Christ. So I don't like the phrase critical thinking because it creates a category of thinking. And you have to be very, very, very deliberate with what you entertain in your head because that directly impacts your heart and vice versa. So this category of thinking is bad. So let's get back to what words actually mean. And that's where we have to start. 
Because our headlines today will include massive amounts of people invading the nation. People who don't belong here. They don't have their customs from here. They don't have their history here. They don't have a heart for here. They have a heart for, for there to be here. They want to bring their nations here. And the millions and millions of people going across the nation or going across the border, I believe, are an example of that. So I want to, if I can, look at the, uh, the headlines real fast. We'll start with Mayor Adams. In New York City, this is what the mayor had to say yesterday regarding the massive amounts of illegal immigrants, aliens, coming into his city. Watch this. We're seeing uh, the erosion of the quality of life that we've improved on in such a short period of time of this administration. And we have been impacted. Uh, for, for many uh, months, we were able to keep the visualization of this crisis from hitting our streets, but we have reached a breaking point. We're no longer able to do that because of the volume and numbers. Just last week, we had 3,900 people that arrived here. We are averaging anywhere from 2,500 to close to 4,000 a week. And if you do the math, you see that's 8,000 every two weeks, potentially 16,000 a month that we must feed, clothe, house, educate children, and all the services that you would give a normal adult. And we're seeing that play out on our streets of New York. And that is what the breaking point looks like, what we are experiencing right now. Yeah, and um, so he's admitting, and this this is a leftist. This is why political parties are detrimental to American uh, society. It's why our founders hated political parties. Because as soon as you say, well, he's a Democrat and he's getting what he deserves, you're, you're missing the fact that he is admitting a government overwhelmed by people who don't belong here. How many more people do you want to come to America before the people overwhelming New York City are also whelming your neighborhood. They're overwhelming and destroying your state. How how long do you want that to do you do you want that to happen? So you should take his call as losing the quality of life as the canary in the coal mine. Mayor, Mayor Adams has lost uh control of a city. And he's admitting it. I think we should take him at his word. And I don't think that you need to say, oh, he's a Democrat. He deserves it. No, the Americans in New York City don't deserve that type of leadership. Or I should say that type of servant. The American people made in the image of God living in New York City under, uh, or, you know, protected by the United States Constitution and the state of New York Constitution don't deserve that. If the ruler hearkened to lies, all his servants are wicked. Wicked. Somewhere, the, gov the servants in New York City are wicked. They've let lawlessness abound. And now the rulers, which are the people in New York, they need to learn the fundamental law and take the reins. So that's the setup. The other, the other thing that I just saw right before I started prepping this was that the Biden administration is threatening to sue Texas if, if Texas arrests and deports migrants. Now, I will be going into this on the next one, I do believe. Maybe. We'll see. Might be part three. I'm not going to lose track of it, by God's grace, because it's that important. But I can't. I'm not doing you a due diligence. I'm not doing you, um, I, I'm not doing you right by starting with Joe Biden. By starting with Biden suing Texas. 
And that's because we don't understand what that headline means. The American people do not understand from a law perspective what Biden admin threatens to sue Texas if state arrests and deport migrants. We don't know what migrants is. We don't know what Texas is. We don't know why they would be making arrests, what, what the lawful warrant of making arrests would be. We don't know what they mean by Biden administration. We don't even know what they mean by threatens to sue. Let's be honest. These words are for a headline, but when they get translated into the law, those are not the words that the law would use. These are the words that you are programmed with. And so it goes back to the very first part that I was talking about with the critical thinking. The critical thinking is bad because it creates categories of thought. Isn't all thought supposed to be reflective of our creator? See, that's how Jesus thinks. That's how God thinks. He made intelligence for his glory. He revealed wisdom to us and knowledge to us for his glory. So we would worship him. So to have critical thinking or not critical thinking is to go ahead and smuggle in and grant the presumption that you can have thinking that is not God-honoring, which is bad. And here, likewise, you have headlines designed for mass media consumption. Well, what's medium if not uh, what's media if not derivative from medium, which is spirit, which is how you think. It's the it's what you say from the wellspring of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your convictions are how you communicate. And if what you communicate is what is in your head, what goes into your head is shaping your thoughts. And so the communication you get is now how you speak about these issues. We do not speak about the law with law. We speak about the law with headlines. And because we speak with headlines and not the law, we're destroyed. Proverbs 29 verse 12, if a ruler hearken to lies, all his servants are wicked. The lie here is the fact that this headline is, is designed for emotion, is not designed for law. If it were designed for law, it would not write as it writes. It would present itself differently. And so when we are using fundamental law, when we are using discipline and devotion in our thinking, we have to slow down, which is not what Americans like to do. The modern American mind doesn't like to slow down. I don't like to slow down. I want to go fast, Ricky Bobby. I want to attack. I want to punch. I want to go. I want to go on offense. But that's why we're getting destroyed. We are getting destroyed because in our pursuit of knowledge, we've taken our eyes off the one that has all knowledge. So let's slow it down. Let's read words. Let's figure out what stuff means. So you've got New York City Mayor Adams saying our quality of life is being destroyed, right? We'll get to that maybe, you know, later. I, I, I don't have each one of these planned out. I don't know how long in the series it will go. But I know today, I wanted today to be the words. Don't talk about anything else except for the individual words. Um, my mentor in law, Dave Jose, would teach that words are the building blocks of sentences. Sentences is how you build and connect thoughts. 
So if you're going to communicate, you need to know the building blocks. If you don't know the building blocks, you shouldn't be communicating. This is why if a ruler hearkens to lies, all of his servants are wicked. If you listen to lies, your servants are going to figure out how to say stuff to you to get you to do wickedness and lawlessness, which is exactly what this headline's getting at. The Biden administration. Hold on, stop. It's not his administration. It's ours. The people have all political power in America, not Joe Biden. See, this is under the presumption that Biden can function like a king, like a monarch. He can't do that. Threatens to sue Texas. Well, you're going to give notice that you're going to go against somebody for their own law? Who is Texas? Texas is a sovereign state. Texas is free and independent. Those words matter. But see, if you think that the federal government is above the state governments, which most of us do, let's be honest. If most of us believe that the federal government is above in authority, the morons here will say, well, Jaron, the Constitution says supreme law of the land. It's the supreme law of the land for the powers that were delegated to it. There's a ton of power that was not delegated, that was actually reserved, which means it was Heismaned away from the federal government. The federal government's the garbage man. The federal government's the trash collector. The dog catcher. The federal government is not the one telling us what's up. So Texas is a sovereign and independent state, free and independent. Has its own rules, its own laws, its own customs, its own traditions. So this thing, Biden administration threatening to sue Texas if state arrests and deport migrants, they're not migrants, they're aliens, and we'll see why. But this, this is why it's so important to slow down. So let's get going there. I want to start with uh, Black's Law Dictionary, 4th edition. Black's Law Dictionary, 4th edition. And the very first word that we'll look up is people. We will look up people as the very first word. Let me get my handy dandy. Let me get my pointer. And we're going to do people. And this is what we're going to do. And, and I'll, I'll just say this. If it is in your head to say, I don't need to listen to the words. Let me just wait for the next one. That's already part. You're already part of the problem. I don't need to know the definitions of these words. Well, these words have specific definitions that have been warped and twisted. And this is how the fundamental law breaks bad government. Because we're not listening to lies anymore. We're not all just saying immigration and all just kind of saying, okay, yeah, people kind of come in here. No, we're going to slow down and say, what right do people have to come here? What is the lawful expectation of them? What is the right of the destination that they're going to, to say, no, what is the law? What is the law? But you can't just say immigration because if you say illegal immigration, that begs the question, from what authority is that a crime? How do you determine that's a crime? We're going to do that. So if you're saying, I don't need to know the words, I just disagree with you. People. Definition of people. Black's Law 4th. Come on, camera. A state. As the people of the state of New York, a nation in its collective and political capacity. The aggregate or mass of individuals who constitute a stake. State. In a more restricted sense. Now get this. This means that there's a general definition and a restricted definition. So if you want to get really technical, if you want to get really tight with your language, here you go. 
and is generally used in constitutional law, the entire body of those citizens, we'll look that up here in a second, of a state or nation who are invested with political power for political purposes. That is, the qualified voters or electors. Now think about this. If this is for constitutional law, and it's the entire body of those citizens, we'll look up that definition here soon, we'll look up state as well, we'll look up nation as well, who are invested. The question is, who gives the power? See, whenever you think people, you should be questioning who gives political power for political purposes. See, governments are instituted for political purposes, which is why politics is so powerful because it's the application of the political power to accomplish a purpose. But if we don't go according to the law, we're going by the emotions. This is why you get headlines that read this. These type of headlines are not law. These type of headlines are emotional. And because they are emotional, you do not get a restricted sense of the law whenever you start using these words because we blow right by them. Right? And then there's uh, neutrality laws and uh, government recognized by the United States. Right? So it's uh, talking about the word people may have various significations according to the connection in which it is used, which is literally telling you there's all sorts of definitions to this word. It matters how it's being used. When we speak of the rights of the people or of the government of the, uh, the people by law, or of the people as a non-political aggregate, we mean all the inhabitants of the state or nation without distinction as sex, age, or otherwise. But contrast, when reference is made to the people as the repository of sovereignty, or as the source of governmental power, or to popular government, we are in fact speaking of that selected and limited class of citizens to whom the Constitution accords the elective franchise and the right of participation in the offices of government. So you have rights as one of the people without distinction to sex, age, or otherwise. But when we start talking about government power or the source of sovereignty, that is restricted to a limited class of citizens which means it is not everybody. It is those people who are the right to participate in the offices of government. The people who have the accords, the elective franchise. All of these words mean things. We won't look up all of them, but all of these words mean things. Now let's go to the word state. Let's go to the word state. If we look up the word state, a people permanently occupying a fixed territory who is not permanently occupying a fixed territory? Migrants. This headline is using migrants. We're going to look up alien, and you're going to see why they used to be called illegal aliens. Right? So the definition is a people permanently occupying a fixed territory bound together by common law habits and custom into one body politic exercising through the medium of an organized government right so so we can man there's just so much here you need to get yourself a black's law dictionary and just look up the words right it's organized government independent sovereignty independent sovereignty look at the state of texas state of texas is a state 
the state of Texas, is independent sovereignty and control over all persons and things within its boundaries, capable of making war and peace and of entering into international relations with other communities of the globe. One of the component commonwealths or states of the United States of America. This term is sometimes applied also to government agencies authorized by the state, such as municipal corporations. The people of a state in their collective capacity, considered as the party wronged by a criminal deed, the public. Right? So we talk about who the state is, and it's the people who have the independent sovereignty over the fixed territory that they are occupying. And they do this by common law habits, according to the customs, into one body politic, exercising through an organized government, independent sovereignty and control over everything inside its boundaries. That's what it's supposed to be doing. Do our states function like that? No, because look at this headline. The Biden administration threatens to sue Texas if the state arrests and deports migrants. In fact, this letter that was uh, that they were sent reads this. This is the letter that they were sent to the Honorable Greg Abbott regarding Texas Senate Bill 4. He goes on to say, this uh, lawyer goes on to say um, that the, the bill will become uh, effective March, 4, or March 5th. The law purports to create new state crimes tied to federal prohibitions on unlawful entry and re-entry by non-citizens of the United States. So what's going on here is that the lawyer is saying the United States has federal law that specifies crimes and criminal behaviors. If Texas is now going to pass its own Texas law that specifies criminal behaviors, the feds are going to say, we've already passed laws on that and you can't add to what we've already spoken to. That's exactly what they're going to talk about. Now, I have not looked this down, but the, when it says the U.S. Constitution tasked the federal government with regulating immigration and controlling international borders, says see Arizona, U.S., uh, this, this uh, case law right there, um, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to go word for word because what these people do is they don't actually, the lawyers only look at the holding. They don't actually look at the case says here, the government of the United States has broad, undoubted power over the subject of immigration and the status of non-citizens. But they ended that quote. They did not complete it. See, I want to see what it has, the undoubted power over the subject of immigration and the status thereof. Because I know something they don't know, or I know something they're not going to say. What I know is what the law of nations are, and I know that a state is independently sovereign over everything within its boundaries. So if Texas is a state, it is, Texas is independently sovereign over all the persons in its territorial boundaries. What the United States here is doing, and this is the play, this is the play on words, this lawyer is using United States in a geographical sense because that's the training that Americans have had. We have had, when we're taught United States, a geographical territory. You think the map of the United States is the United States, but in the law, that's not so. I would direct your attention to uh, Dave Jose's webinars uh, that speak about jurisdictions and these types of things. 
Um, but clearly the idea is that when we think United States, we think that image. And then the law is not that. So when everybody in the nation thinks United States is the geographical terrain, this is how the DOJ will smuggle its way into overlying on top of the state of Texas, despite the fact that the state of Texas is, by definition, free, independent, and sovereign. Words matter. I want to take this opportunity to go ahead and direct your attention to HumbleWB.Coffee. HumbleWB.Coffee. If you want to know what fuels me, besides the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and motivation for America... HumbleWB.Coffee, delicious air-roasted coffee. Benefit of membership, it's delivered right to your door. Uh, No additives, no preservatives. It's organic, fair trade, exactly from the uh, the picked, and it's... Roasted on a cushion of air, never touching a hot metal surface. 99% of coffee companies put their bean in a metal bucket, set it on fire, and spin it around like a tabletop. And then they load it up with a bunch of stuff that's fake. We don't do that. Delicious air-roasted coffee. It's a private membership association, the benefit of which the coffee is delivered right to your door. It's a blessing. Go to HumbleWB.Coffee. HumbleWB.Coffee. Thank you very much. The next word I want to look up is nation. Nation. Nation is important because when we start speaking about who we are, we need to know what that is. Nation, where are you at? Nation, here we go. Nation, a people or aggregation of men existing in the form of an organized jural society, usually inhabiting the distinct portion of the earth. So you're on a specific spot. You're on a distinct place, right? Speaking the same language, using the same customs, possessing historic continuity, and distinguished from other other like groups by their racial origin and characteristics, and generally, but not necessarily, uh, living in the under the same government and sovereignty. And then it talks about beside the element of autonomy and self-government. That is the independence of the community as a whole from the interference of any foreign power in its affairs or other subjection to such power. It is further necessary to the constitution of a nation that it should be organized jural society, that is, both governing its own members by regular laws and defining and protecting the rights and respecting the rights and duties which attach to it as a constituent member of the family of nations. This is getting at the law of nations, and we're going to get to that really soon. But you see, he keeps going. Such a society, says Vettel, and we're going to quote him here in a second, has her affairs and her interests. So a nation has affairs, the stuff that she does, and her interests, the stuff that she wants. She deliberates, she thinks, she takes purposeful actions to do her business and to get what she wants, and takes resolutions she commits in common. So in general, something that's plain and everyone is in agreement to. Thus, being a mor- becoming a moral person. So the nation acts as a person who possesses an understanding and will peculiar to herself. That is the nation of America, things like 
America. She wants what America wants. She works as America works. She takes deliberate steps to do stuff in common with all Americans because she's a moral person. And it is particular to America because America is America. America is not France. France is not America. Italy is not America. America is not Italy. And it's susceptible of obligations and rights. Well, we can come down here and talk about all sorts of stuff, but what I wanted to cover here, a nation is an aggregation of men speaking the same language, having the same customs and endowed with certain moral qualities which distinguish them from other groups of like men. Globalism is the opposite of this. Globalism is saying, oh, well, we can all speak the same language and it's all fine and we can all do this all the kind of stuff. No. The people is the collection of all citizens without distinction or rank or order. All men living under the same government compose the people of the state. In relation to the state, the citizens constitute the people. In relation to the human race, they constitute a nation. A free nation is not one subject to a foreign government, whatever be the constitution of the state. A people is free when all the citizens can participate in a certain measure in the direction and in the examination of public affairs. But remember, we recognize that you can't participate if you are not one of the people. Just because you're there doesn't mean you're a qualified elector. This, these are where, this is where we need to understand what these words mean. Now let's do the next word, which is citizen. Citizen. Now, you'll have all sorts of people saying, it's cities and, it's this, it's that. It's, well, just look, just look up the definitions, folks. Just look up the definitions. Etymology is not definition. Definition is definition. Citizen. This one's a big one, right? This one's got a lot of stuff, so I'll jump around on this one. A member of a free or jural society, civitas, possessing all the rights and privileges that can be enjoyed by any person under its constitution or government and subject to the corresponding duties. Now, if you are one of the people, you are free and independent. You are one of the political sovereigns. So one of the people is not a citizen. The citizen is not one of the people because a citizen has duties and it's subject to. Citizens are members of community inspired to common goal who are in associated relations submit themselves to rules of conduct for the promotion of the general welfare. So the purpose of a citizenry is general welfare. So if something is happening in your, in your state or in your nation that is not for the general welfare, it is going against the citizen. Right now, it's a big, long definition. What I want to do is I want to come down here and I want to focus here. A state cannot be a citizen, but a state and the federal government each has its citizens of its own. And the same person may be at the same time a citizen of the United States and a citizen of the state. This is where it gets really, really specific. The government of the United States can neither grant nor secure to its citizens rights or privileges which are not expressly or by implication placed under its jurisdiction. Why does... The federal, excuse me, why does the federal government threaten to sue Texas? The federal government is threatening to sue Texas because, and amongst other reasons, and we'll get into this uh, later, but because the United States, the federal government, is claiming that these illegals have some type of protection by the federal government. That's the issue. 
the federal government is claiming that the people coming across the border are under their jurisdiction. So the clash is the state and its sovereignty of its physical terrain and the federal government, which has used statute to create jurisdiction over people that just walk in the physical territory of the United States. This is where this is where you I, I, I will I will slow my roll right here and I will say that as you start to understand the definitions, this is where you need to slow down, get to your state constitutions, look up the bills of rights in your state constitutions and start to see the liberty that's guaranteed to you in that state. You have to see what's guaranteed to you in that state because that state constitution is going to tell you what you like. Here's the rights that you have reserved to yourself. One of the last ones I'll do is alien. Let's do alien real fast. And this is why you'll see why they call them alien. Alien, a foreigner, one born abroad, a person who owes allegiance to a foreign government. Right. And it talks about all sorts of other stuff, but it's a foreigner. An alien is a foreigner. Specifically, the implication is owing allegiance to a foreign government. If you're owing allegiance to a foreign government, you are a foreigner. Now, I'd like to direct your attention uh, to the book Law of Nations. Now, let me do this. Let me do this. Now, uh, again, I would direct your attention uh, to, uh, let's see, where was it? I think it was Dave uh, did a webinar on April 29 of this year. April 29 of this year when he's talking about uh, Vittel and the Law of Nations. Um, so that's how I got introduced to this book. Uh, it's a very long book, but Vittel is a dude that wrote this book. And this is called, this is... This is understood as the authority for international law. Now, the United States, and we'll get to what the Constitution is. I'll get to an explained sketch here pretty soon. But what I wanted to show was just that uh, the Law of Nations is a book written by, uh, where are you at? Where's Vittel? Emer de Vittel, this guy. This guy right there wrote this book. Now, what I want to go to is I want to go to page 248. So this is why you read this. Is, I mean, because what I'm doing, I'm like, I'm literally just bringing you directly to, uh, <laughs> I'm bringing you directly to good stuff. Um, so Vitell has all sorts of stuff. And I think it's chapter four. Is it chapter four? It's book two, chapter, oh, okay, chapter uh, 19. Chapter 19 of our native country and the several things that relate to it. Now, as we get there, He's saying uh, there are many distinctions which will be necessary in order to give a complete solution to the celebrated question. Well, what's the celebrated question? Uh, whether a man may quit his country or the society which he is a member. So really the issue that Vitell is dealing with here is he's dealing... And, and by the way, if you uh, quote from Vitell, you're not quoting laws that are under the Constitution. You're quoting from... Um, you're quoting international law. So what Vitell writes does not subordinate anything in the United States. So not your so your state constitution is not subordinated to this. Your US constitution is not subordinated to this. When you get outside of those jurisdictions, 
that's when you start dealing with international law. But international law does not govern uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, uh, Wyoming. It does not uh, rule those states because those states are independent, free, and sovereign. Okay? So we have a training. We have a psychology where we think... Okay, it's world is one world government, which is what the globalists want, which is not true, which is a hoax. Uh, and it's I believe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's a teaching of dispensationalism, which I disagree with. But we think world is most important. No, world is not most important. Where Christ has you is most important. Christ has you, Christ has me uh, in Oklahoma. He has me going around the country. He has me at my house. He has me where, uh, where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Where Jesus puts you, that's where you are. Look at him as you follow him, right? Follow Jesus. Wherever he's got you, that's where he's got you. But what we do is we give our um, focus of Jesus, we exchange our focus of Jesus to being on a team that we identify as an American. I identify as an Oklahoman. I identify as, well, I, I've never identified as a Rogers County, I, you know, Roger Countyite or a Claremoreite or anything like that. Um, although I'm, you know, from Oolagaw and we did pe call people in, in Claremore, Claremorons when I was growing up. So, you know, there was that. But if you're a Mustang, then you make fun of the zebras. And if you're a zebra, then you don't care about the Mustangs uh, because they're small and you usually beat them. Beat them. Uh, but the point is that um, the we, we, we like to f voluntarily associate with tribes. And the tribes that we voluntarily associate from are not necessarily the law. So when we think about the law, if we're associating ourselves with a tribe that is not reflective of what the law is... It is, it is the shrewdness of man and lying schemers to twist the words to get you to identify as something that you're not. And whenever you hear the word and think something else, you will think what you think is what everybody thinks. And because you think what everybody thinks, because that's what we've been taught, you don't have a mind to investigate, does this word really mean what I think it means? And if that's the case, you can see very quickly where when someone is, well, they're just an immigrant. Well, hold on. What right do they have to come here? What's the law? What's the international law? What's the expectation that they have to leave their country? And that's what Vitell is speaking to. But the question is whether a man may quit his country or the society which he is a member of. See, this is speaking about your liberty. Your liberty is your ability to choose. But the where you live is your country. That's your society. That's where your tie is. That's where your home is. That's where your people are. And if you leave where your people are, you are quitting where your people are. And that is an offense. When you just quit where you're from, it has to be justified. You can't just go because you want to. You can travel, you can vacation, you can go here, do, a, you know, do things for a time and then return home, but that's your home. If you just say, I'm gonna uproot and leave without a justification, 
What you're doing is you're depriving your home, you're depriving your country of your value. If you deprive your country of your value, you're going against the allegiance that you owe your country, your father, your grandfather, your people. You owe your people your uh, labor, your uh, blessing, your contribution, your strength, your time, your opportunities. You owe that to the people that are there with you. See, we've lost this sense of community. We've lost the sense of nation. So when we hear nation, we're just like, oh yeah, the geographical United States. That has been on deliberate to dumb that down, to dilute that to where it doesn't really mean anything. And because it doesn't really mean anything, when people come here, we just don't want them to come here. If I mean, I, I guess there's plenty of people who want them to come here. The people that traffic children, the people that get rich from this, Catholic charities, the people that are just you know political leftists and they hate, they've been trained to hate America, think that it's racist and homophobic. And so because we've been trained to hate our nation, we don't value what it is to make the decision, I'm leaving my home. This is why it's so significant in Genesis chapter 12, when God tells Abraham, he calls Abraham out of the land of his fathers, come out of the idolaters, come out of the, the idol worshipers and follow me, Genesis chapter 12. And Genesis chapter 12, what was it, verse 15, it was, it was accredited to uh, Abraham as faith. His, Abraham had faith, he believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. The invitation of Abraham to leave his family, his land, his customs, his people was massive. It's massive. But it could also be seen as an offense against his father. Because if you are leaving your father... You're depriving him his liberty interest. He he raised you. He taught you. He's going to give you his lands. And you just leave? You're killing the man's bloodline. You're destroying his influence. He spent his whole life building it up and giving it to you. You are offending him. This is why when Vitell is writing this in the 1700s, he's saying you have to have a justification. You can't just leave. This is the essence, whether a man may quit his country or the society which he is a member. And it goes on, get off of that. Stop clicking. Uh, the children, is goes, and he lists out number uh, several reasons. The children are bound by natural ties to the society in which they were born. They are under an obligation to show themselves grateful for the protection it has afforded their fathers and in great measure indebted to it for their birth and education. This is why it's so important for Christians, specifically in America, to learn your fundamental law. Because the blessings of liberty, the prosperity that you have, the relative peace that we've enjoyed that I think is now waning, is a specific outcome from the education and the indebtedness we have to our forefathers. They believe the gospel so much that they built this nation. And they built this nation on the common law and today we don't know it. We don't have the mind to find it. We get distracted by stupid headlines and we don't value what we have. So when people show up at our doorstep, they get bussed in, flown in, boated in. They've massive migrations and, and just massive caravans of people coming across the border illegally. We go, no, we don't like that. But why don't you like that? 
What's the injury? What is the actual harm done to you? Vettel starts out by recognizing the people coming have made a decision. That decision is questionable. You can ask, why are you coming? What makes you think you have the right to come here? Because you owe an allegiance to your home. He goes on, and I've highlighted a lot of this stuff. He is at liberty to quit it on making a compensation for what he has done in, in his favor. If you've benefited from your home nation, your home nation has the right to restrict you from leaving it permanently. you got to pay a tax. You can't take your property. We're going to take your property. You can't uh, have it descent down to your bloodline relatives if you go to another nation. If you're in America and you move to freaking, I don't know, Brazil, and you become a citizen of Brazil, we're going to take all your property because you're no longer a, a citizen of America. You can't own property here. We're just going to take it from you. Because it's not to the nation's interest in America to have people own property and then live somewhere else. Because their personal interests, their immediate interests are in those nations. Their security, their protection, their provision. And you will not treat the property here to the benefit of the people here because you'll just be turning a buck. This is why you shouldn't have American soil owned by foreigners. This is why whenever foreign corporations or, or foreign banks or whatever are paying people money to exploit property rights, this is why it's bad. It's bad because it's undermining the law, it's undermining the value and the favor that the nation here has conferred on the people here. And when people who are not here come here, they undermine that value. They destroy it. But that's not denying them the ability to come. That's the, not denying their right to come. It's saying that if they do come, they better have a warrant. They better have justification. Number two, when a society has not been formed for a determinate time, it is allowable to quit it. What, when that separation can take place without detriment to the society. So if you're a new nation, hey, I, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to build this place. I'm out. Okay, amen. Every man, Vettel says, every man has a right to quit his country in order to settle in another. When, this, when that step he does not endanger the welfare of his country. You can't harm the place you're coming from. But, opposite, a good citizen will never determine on such a step without necessity. This is going to be a very important topic in the law. Because necessity overrules the law. So if the law is that you can't come from your nation... If you are leaving your nation, there has to be some necessity that overrules the debt obligation you owe to your home and your forefather and your people. Make sense? Right? You have to have a very strong reason. It is taking a dishonorable advantage of our liberty to quit our associates upon slight pretenses after having derived considerable advantages from them. Right? It's, it's a dishonor to people to leave them. And this question, this is this is why you should question anybody that comes into your nation. If you're leaving your home, how do I know that you're going to benefit me? Because if your home was willing to let you go, then you're no value because your home didn't try to keep you. If your home did not try to keep you, if your people did not try to keep you, then they don't want you. And if they don't want you, what value of what value are you to us? 
See, now, now what you're doing is you're honing your argument. You're bringing in the law saying, what are you doing coming here? Number three, as to those who have the cowardice to abandon their country in a time of danger, they manifestly violate the social compact. This is your refugees. This is your mass migration. This is, oh, look, there's war. Now, when you think about the military industrial complex, the you know Israeli lobby, when you think about these bought-off politicians that are fomenting foreign wars through the military industrial complex to destabilize all these nations, you're creating times of danger that would motivate people to leave their home. And what's very frustrating to me is that if there's a time of danger in your home and you leave, you're a coward. But this is where Christians, because we've been unhitched from the gospel as being directly applicable to the world as though by government, Christians have their heartstrings tugged and manipulated by saying, oh, these are refugees. You have to take them in. Jesus would love these people. Yes, Jesus did love them because he died on the cross for them. Jesus then said in Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, go teach the nations to obey. Nations are distinct. One of the reasons I believe God gave people confused speech is so that they couldn't all come together. This is what, Genesis 11? And so if God confused the speech to make it to where they were all over the place doing all sorts of stuff, how much more glory does God get when the central message of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the one that's governing the world, though they don't speak the same language, they look different, they live different, they behave different, they do different things. That's glorious. It's glorious for Christ to have people that are incredibly distinct, incredibly complex, very definitive and distinguished, to all bow down to the same king. Revelation 21, 24 speaks about the kings of the nations are going to bow down and worship Christ. Doesn't talk about a one world government. See, this is where Christians need to understand that if you're leaving your home in a time of chaos and confusion, you're a coward. You're a coward. Well, I can't fight. Why not? My forefathers did. My forefathers fought for this nation. They built this nation. I fought for this nation. When they were politically persecuted and religiously persecuted, they came here and they built this nation. But this nation is built. The people coming here now aren't building the nation. They're benefiting from this nation. And that's a key ingredient. That's a key issue. The state has a right to punish these people. Right? Uh, so let's go down. Um, talks about all sorts of different other reasons why uh, the people can leave and why they can't leave. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, you can go back and read it. It talks about those uh, who quit their country for any lawful reason with design to settle elsewhere are called immigrants to take their families and property with them, right? Um, it talks about all sorts of different things. What I want to get to is I want to go to page 356, 356. All right. So here I want to talk about, um, what was it? This is uh, speaking about, you know, people leaving. Why are they leaving, right? The right of necessity. 
He cannot, therefore, with, without some particular and cogent reason, reason, refuse the liberty of residence to a foreigner who comes into a country without the hope of uh, recovering his health for, or for the sake of acquiring instruction in the schools of academies. Vitell is making the argument here, you can't just deny people for no reason. Just because you hate them, you can't deny them. You also, as the receiving nation, have to have a reason. Now, you have a right to refuse them, but you have to have a reason. You can't just say, I hate them. Now, this is also where you step back and understand. Vettel was taught by a guy named Grotius. G-R-O-T-I-U-S. Grotius um, learned at the school of Sal Salamanda, Salamanca in Spain. He's a Jesuit. right? This is where it's very, very, very important to understand the role of Jesus Christ in the world. See, Christians read the Bible, and when they started reading the Bible, they looked at the Catholic Church, and they said, we don't want anything to do with you. You're Revelation 17, Revelation 18. We don't want any part of you. And uh, the Catholic Church will admit this to itself. There's a, book, um, there's a book that talks about this. But the point I'm making is that the Jesuits are famous deceivers. They are the the they started out as the military arm as the Catholic Church and they have fomented and sowed deception all over the place. Well, the deception inside international law is to presume that there is a one world body of law. This is where it gets difficult because the Bible teaches about nations. Each nation is distinct. International law is presuming that all nations play by the same rules when they start to talk to each other. So nation A can be its own nation and nation B can be its own nation. But when A and B start talking to each other, now they're under the umbrella of um, uh, international law. So when Vettel learns from Grotius and Grotius comes from the school of Salmanaca or Sal Salamanaca in Spain, he's a Jesuit. The Jesuits were devising theories to undermine the Reformation that was going on. See, the Reformation was looking at the divine right of kings. They were saying that when G when 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 God in what's it um, Job chapter uh, twelve twenty three I want to say it is. 1223 or 1224, something like that, where, where God raises nations and he destroys nations. See, God orders power. Power is not competitive. It's ordered by God. When people read the Bible, they see God's ordering things. When you compete with the Bible or want to hide the Bible, you devise theories of how power competes. So you examine power in a competitive capacity instead of power in an ordered capacity. And if power is ordered, you have to look at the sovereign, which is Christ. Christ is the king. He orders everything. The order will obey his ways, which is the Bible. Read the Bible to know what Christ wants, to do what Christ wants, the way that Christ wants you to do it. Amen? This is the Great Commission. But the Catholic Church got the Jesuits, and the Jesuits are saying, we need to undermine the divine right of kings which is where they uh, they developed international law and international law was this subtle shift away from kings because the reformers were saying the catholic church has prevented us from reading the bible 
So we're going to read the Bible and we're going to put a king on the throne. So the king on the throne is there because God made it so. So the divine right of kings is looking at it from an ordered perspective. God put the king on the throne. So the king is there because God wants him to be. Make sense? So then the Jesuits, wanting things to come back to the Catholic Church, planted the seed of destruction for nationalism by doing international law. International law is speaking about these different nations whenever they start talking to each other. So you've got Jesuits that have founded the foundation, built the foundation of international law. This is why when Vettel is talking about he cannot therefore without some particular or cogent reason refuse the liberty of residence to foreigners who come into the country with the hope of recovering his health for the sake of acquiring instruction in the schools of academies. A difference in religion is not a sufficient reason to exclude him. See, this right here is Jesuit influence reducing... At the time that this was written, the nations that were developing were Christian. They were absolutely looking to the Bible to inform how they should govern their people. This was at the heyday of the common law. This is in the, the middle 1700s. This is like published 1758. So 1758, you have people reading the Bible saying, this is what we want our government to do. This was right before America. Right? This is right before the United States, right before the, the Declaration of Independence. And so the Jesuit influence of the Catholic Church to undermine the reformers that were looking at the Bible to, to form and give shape to their government is coming up with this idea that you can't stop people from coming to your nation. You can't even do it if it's a difference of religion, which flies directly in the face of what the founders instituted in the Constitution, and the state constitutions. And we'll, we'll show that. Because the common law is the law of America. It's the law of the United States. And the maxims in the common law will say the Christian religion is part of the common law. So whenever Vettel is saying that international law says you can't stop people from coming with the religion. You can't say that. He's saying international law, Jesuits, going against the divine right of king, power is ordered. What he's doing is he's undermining nationalism, and this is the seed of mass migration today. The seed of mass migration today is exploiting that emotional, liberal heartstring to get you to think emotionally instead of soberly. So instead of discerning what the truth of the law is, Vettel planted the seeds of globalism by bringing up international law. Remember at the very first of this, whenever I said there's critical thinking and non-critical thinking? But all thinking is supposed to be for God. See, when Jesus created categories, they're either those with him or against him. Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. That's how Jesus thinks. Jesus thinks in that order. What man does is man will take that order that Jesus does and set it to the side. And then we'll observe things without thinking about the Bible. And we'll just start applying labels to it. And when we start applying labels to the observable phenomena that we have, we start creating doctrines that over time grow significant. And so this international law is the Jesuit looking to undermine the ordered uh, perspective of power by giving an alternative view of the law that undermines the nations. And so because now they're undermining the nations, the international law is doing what? Basically saying, you can't stop people from coming into your nation. 
he's he's cementing in international law the lack of distinction amongst nations. He's like this is the one world government justification. If internet if if international law is a thing, the national law is necessarily subordinated to it. That's the thought process. The psychology is our nation isn't as big as the world. And so because our nation isn't big as the world, national law is less than international law. And the same riff is played in this nation when you've got the federal government is bigger than the state government. So the federal government is superior. That's a hoax. It's, it's, a, it's a psychological manipulation because people don't study the words. People don't look at the words. All right, so let's keep going. Um, what did I want to do an explain sketch on? The law of nations. Yeah, well, we're already an hour, so I'll probably do that tomorrow or uh, whenever. Uh, let's let's keep going. Um, so this is so right here is where I want to focus on uh, section one thirty six. We have seen how the right of necessity. This is what the state needs to be arguing. You as a uh, you as one of the people, you as an American who doesn't want uh, mass migration, you need to be arguing necessity. See, the, um, uh, the, the foreigner, the alien coming in has to be arguing necessity. They have to have a justification for leaving their home. So their warrant, their justification, their, uh, their reason for leaving their home, for depriving their land, their people, their fathers, the benefit of them, they have to have some reason for coming here. Okay? So they have a reason for coming. Now we have a reason for accepting or refusing. So when we make an, uh, an argument to refuse, that argument needs to be by necessity. The necessity, it is, more, it, is it is necessary for our government. It's necessary for our state not to take 10 million freaking aliens in the nation. Why? Because you're not from here. You change the customs. You change the usage. You don't speak the language. You don't believe like us. You are substantively changing the nation. You are changing who we are. You're absolutely changing who we are, which is unlawful. It's not right. Right? Every state ought, doubtless, to grant some unfortunate people every aid the assistance when she can bestow without being wanting to herself but to grant them the establishment in the territories of the nation is a very delicate step. See, this guy right here, Vettel, he knew that in order to have um, legitimacy or to be seen as legitimate in this time that nations were bl blossoming and, and rigidly becoming distinct and using the Bible to distinguish who they were in their national character, he knew that in order to have credibility, he had to say, this is a thing that it's not just a broad brushstroke which is why he's giving deference here. Make no mistake that the shrewdness and the deception of the Jesuits is looking at this going, we've got to get these guys to accept these ideas. So we can't come out and say, you got to take all of them, which is what they're doing today. The only reason that we're taking everybody is because Christians don't know this. Christians don't know the law, so they don't say the law, so we don't get the law. And because Jesus told us to teach the nations to obey, the founders gave us a constitutional republic whereby people govern our servants that are government servants. But we don't do that because we've been disconnected. 
So until we make that connection again, until we make the connection that the gospel is immediately applicable to the real world, yes, it is the salvation of souls. It is the only way to go to heaven is to believe on Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. It is also, once you are born again, it is also the application of Christ's wisdom. I'm not just going to jump off a cliff. Why? Because you're going to die. Well, if you have the wisdom to not jump off a cliff because you know you're going to die, why would you not also have the wisdom to design a government that allows everybody to control those who were granted power of force? That's the application of wisdom that we don't have. Right? The consequences should be maturely considered by the conductor of the state. Then he goes on to says the emperors Probus and Valens, which were um, the uh, Roman emperors, experienced the evil effects. Listen to this. This is mass migration. This is mass migration. The emperors Probus and Valens experienced the evil effects of their conduct in having admitted into the territories of the empire numerous bands of the Jepidae, Vandals, Goths, and other barbarians. Now this is where I'll end it. If the sovereign finds, now in America, who's the sovereign? The people. The people have all political power. If the sovereign finds that such a step would be attended with too great an inconvenience or danger, inconvenience or danger, those are two different things. Danger speaks to jeopardy, speaks to the probability of injury or wrong. Inconvenience is what Mayor Adams was speaking about where he's saying our quality of life is being diminished. Congested roads, disease, different languages, crime. All of these bad things are happening because we're bringing in people who ain't from here. All of these uh, in, the, in the United Kingdom, all these girls being raped by, by Muslim gangs. In the United States, you've got you know, packs of Muslims starting to institute Sharia courts as, 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 as mediation services. You've started to have city councils pray in freaking Allah language. Like all of these things are happening. Why? Because you're letting massive amounts of them in. It says, inconvenience or danger, he has the right to refuse an establishment to those fugitive people or to adopt on their admission every precaution that prudence can dictate to him. Now in our law, this looks like just because you show up doesn't mean you can vote. Right? Like, and, and I, I believe that that's where Americans are, have, have been taught bad because we've been taught that voting is our power. Well, yes, it is a power, but it is not the power. Right? Elections are certainly a, a major transference of power to our servants, but understand that you have a lot more that you can do. There's so much more that you can do, which is where I would direct you to go learn from Dave Jose. Uh, his Twitter is RealDaveCares4U on Twitter. Um, to learn about how to write notice and affidavit and learn the fundamental law, right? One of the safest will be not to permit those foreigners to reside together in the same part of the country. They're to keep that form of a separate nation. This is the idea that when foreigners come in, they're living together to constitute a little enclave of the land and the nation they just left. Now question, if you leave, if, if you're leaving your home country hurts your home country, then your home country should say, don't leave. But if you leave your home country and your home country don't try to stop you, then it don't want you. And if your home country don't want, don't want you to where you leave, why would you come to this new country and set up the old country in the new country? See, that's wrong. That needs to be stopped. And that's what's happening in America, right? 
Then I put this on Twitter today. Men who have not been able to defend their own country. If you're leaving your country because of war or privation or lack of resources or whatever, it's your fault. Your fault for not fighting for your nation. You shouldn't come grifting off American prosperity and bring your junk crap with you. Don't come here with your foreign language. Don't come here without believing the way that we believe. Don't come here with bad religion. Don't bring it. Don't bring it because your garbage country that you're leaving is not this country that you're choosing to come to. So if you're choosing to come here, leave everything about who you were. Genesis chapter 12, when uh, God calls Abraham out from his fathers, out of the land, out of his country, out of his people, he's leaving the practice, probably leaving the language, probably leaving all that stuff. Why? Because that's who he was and where he came from, and God wanted Abraham to be special. Come be different. Come be different. Don't be who you were. Be different. But if you were not able to defend your own country, cannot pretend any right to establish themselves in the territory of another in order to maintain themselves there as a nation in a body. You can't be a parasite on the nation you're moving to. This is where the false, this is where the lie of uh, America is a nation of immigrants. No, we're not. We're a nation of settlers. We're a nation that was built by Christians, predominantly from Northern Europe, white people, who established the common law, and we created a constitutional republic. Now, it has been open to people from all over the place, but that is on the, the, the idea that you are adding to our value. But what I wanted to do today was to bring up what the law of nations from Emer de Vattel is speaking about people leaving their nation. Because when you leave your nation, you're, you are hurting your nation. And if your nation doesn't fight for you to stay because you're a mechanic or a heart surgeon or a whatever, there was a, something called the brain drain. Uh, you know, all these uh, scientists, a lot of these Jewish scientists leaving uh, Germany came to America. And there's, there's some historians that'll say, well, if they would have gone to the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union would have gotten the missile first, which I believe. You know, you know Jews are, Jewish scientists are smart. They're smart people. So they added to the technological and the scientific capabilities and competence of America. The brain drain, that's what it was. We're gonna take all their top scientists, we're gonna take all their top people and bring them here. That is something to the benefit of America. But now, today, you have millions of people that don't have a skill, don't have a trade, they're not adding value, they're just coming here to take. That's bad. And when they start living together and they enclave together, they're literally changing the customs and the usage of that place. Which is where we'll stop today. And Lord willing, when we pick up on uh, immigration part two, we'll maybe do another explain sketch or something else. But what I wanted to do today was to lay out, um, you know, the law of nations by Emer de Vattel um, and, and say that there are different ideas going into this but for your purposes if you're wanting to learn the fundamental law you need to go learn from dave jose uh, what i do is i try to bring people to see a picture of you know kind of a big big picture 
But to drill down into the details requires teaching in the fundamental law, requires that recurrence of fundamental principle. It requires someone to be um, diligent and devoted, someone who's going to be disciplined in their approach. Um, this doesn't just happen. Uh, this, this is going to take something very specific. Um, my last encouragement before we get to the gospel is to go to the kill shot notice. Kill shot notice is in the description below. Um, uh, sign that. And if you want to take webinars or classes, go hit up Dave on Twitter or Telegram. Um, you know, because that's, that's who I learned from. So that's who you should learn from. Uh, but the most important thing for me is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, which is that his death and burial and resurrection is what Jesus did, what God intended to perform, and he did do it, so that we would have remission of sin. Sin is our problem. God has his law, it's perfect, and no one in history has been able to keep it except for Jesus. Jesus is and was and will be the only one who was perfectly on earth to walk this planet perfectly without sin. When Jesus took the cross... Jesus put himself under God's wrath for our benefit. The benefit we get is salvation from sin. We get eternity with Christ. We get that fellowship. We get to be with the saints. We get to be with Jesus in heaven. We also get his wisdom. We get his ways. We get the peace that transcends uh, all understanding. We get the calm despite whatever storm. We get the, sometimes we get the miracles. We have the direct connection. There is no more intermediary between us and God because our mediator, the high priest, is God. He is Christ. He is the king. When Jesus rose from the grave, God gave him all power in heaven and on earth. That power is ordered. It is not, uh, it is not competitive. You do not compete for power, which is why you don't think about political parties, which is why we don't think about, well, uh, you know, Marxism, like us versus them. All of that is competitive, rivalrous power. That, under, that makes sense from an earthly perspective. But from Christ's perspective, all power in heaven and earth are given to him. He's ordered it. And when you understand and follow him, you know his order. And you know how to pray. You know what to pray for. You know not what to do. You know to repent whenever you're caught in your sin. You know to apologize, ask for forgiveness. You know to preach the gospel with courage, fervor, discipline, and dedication to the word. What you don't do is say, I punched my ticket. I'm good to go. I can do whatever I want. I argue you don't actually know Jesus if you think like that. You don't actually know what he did for you if you go like that. And that's wrong. Believe the gospel, my friends. Appreciate you watching. One of the best ways you can help me is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Sign up there. Myself or someone with me will give you a call Give you a call and explain how you can take the money that you're already spending, you're already spending it, and switch it over to an American manufacturing company where you get over 450 household products availability delivered right to your door. It's, uh, it's, it's the way that my family has switched. It's the way that millions, not millions, hundreds of thousands at this point, hundreds of thousands have switched. It's a blessing. Uh, it's a good, good situation. And it's a good way to bless me in the ministry that I've got going on here. I appreciate your time. Lord willing, we'll be back whenever. I might, <coughs> excuse me, I might do part two tomorrow. We'll see.
I got to study. See, a lot of that took a lot of time. Like a lot of this stuff right here. That I mean, this takes time to study, folks. This is a 900-page document. You got to read. This is 357 pages in. You got to read that stuff. So it takes time to read, takes time to package, takes time to do that. If you appreciate what I do, please consider the links in the description below. Until that time, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Ever. Go to war.